Hello and welcome to another episode of Big Lash Energy. I'm your host, Jaina Marie. Well, today is a real one, my friend. When I started this show, I promised myself I was going to be as real as I could be. And this week is the realist. Why? (laughs) Well, because the drama I'm talking about today isn't something that happened long, long in my distant past. It's legit hot off the press. In fact, today we're talking about something that the podcast dragged in. So hang on to your boulder holders, my friend. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favourite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Today, I'm channeling my inner Lizzo. Have you heard that song? Yeah, I got boy problems, that's a human in me. Bling, bling, then I solve them, that's the goddess in me. <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing today. But enough with the boy problems, am I right? I didn't even mean for this to happen. This is just literally life writing the show for me. My sister works with me behind the scenes uh, for the pod, and the other night her husband said to her, What happens when Jaina runs out of stories? And Carly responded, In 38 years of knowing her, she's never run out of things to talk about. Honestly, it's not even like this wild shit stops happening to me now that I have a podcast. The only difference is now I have more people to tell. And this week is the perfect example. I want to tell you all about the drama that happened to me. But first, you need the backstory. In 2010, just before the Olympics came to Vancouver, I was invited to a porn producer's birthday party. Yes, it sounded like a really good time. I couldn't resist. I spent the night meeting new people and dancing to old school hip hop. I knew right away that I was totally out of my element when someone asked me if there were party favors and I got excited thinking maybe we were going to be getting some sort of adult goodie bag or something. So I asked someone else at the party and she laughed at me and told me that he meant drugs. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Jaina from Kelowna Christian School. Totally naive about anything drug related. (laughs) So I was on the dance floor most of the night minding my own business and R was there. He was a lot of fun to dance with and kept mentioning that it was his birthday. And I thought, okay, we get it. Quit trying to take all the attention away from the porn producer. I fully thought we were celebrating someone else at the party. Then we closed down the club. We actually stayed dancing long after the club was supposed to be closed because we had such good chemistry on the dance floor. Everyone was just watching us. And for some reason, even though the club was closed, they let our stay. I felt comfortable with him and found his confidence super attractive. And mostly I was thinking, why in the world are we still in this building? The club closed a while ago. So we stepped outside once the club finally kicked our tipsy asses out and we made small talk while we waited for a taxi. I finally said, so what do you do for work? And he goes, I'm a porn producer. What? I had no idea that the guy I'd been dancing all night was actually the porn producer. I had no idea it was his party. So that's when he made an announcement. Hey, everyone, I want you all to listen up. I finally found her the woman I'm going to marry. And he grabbed my hand, then got down on one knee. He told one of his friends to take a picture. And there we made history. 
in that photo. Him down on one knee with a cigarette hanging out of the side of his mouth. So classy. I looked super surprised for more reasons than one. I didn't know he was a porn producer and I also didn't know he was into me. Well, eventually it became very clear that he was into me considering what he did for work. I was treading very cautiously. I wanted us to take our time getting to know each other. After all, what did this all mean in his life? Was he into drugs? Did he party a lot? Did he have good morals? I didn't know. We talked on the phone for hours on end. And at one point I mentioned that Christmas was approaching and I was sad because I had no plans to see my family. Flights were super expensive around Christmas time, even though the flight was only like 45 minutes long. So he asked me if I could add my mom to the call so that he could talk to her. That's when I made my very first ever three-way phone call. And he goes, Mama? I was very surprised that he called her that. I'm going to fly Jaina home to be with you at Christmas. I don't even care how much the flight costs. My mom started to cry immediately. If he didn't know, this was definitely the way to her heart. We missed each other so much. And a couple weeks after Christmas, he flew my sister and her kids out to come visit me. Her kids were just babies at the time. And he actually surprised her by buying and renting all the baby gear she could possibly need so that it was waiting for her when she landed and she would be comfortable for her visit. I couldn't help but be impressed. Then, a little while later, my mom and dad came to visit. He met them, we went out for dinner a couple of times, and then he told them he wanted to make them a giant gourmet breakfast the morning that they had to leave. So he got up at four o'clock in the morning and cooked a gigantic meal for them they could have on their way to the airport. My mom said, Jaina, it's clear he really loves you. And I kind of believed her. Six months later, he bought me a promise ring that he asked me to wear until he was able to save up enough money to buy the engagement ring. I had told him that I actually just wanted this little $700 engagement ring that I'd found online because it was really cute and antique. And he said, there's no fucking way I'm proposing to you with a $700 ring. So we got married. You heard all about that wedding in episode 12. At that time, we were so confident in each other. I remember there were so many bad luck things that you're not supposed to do on your wedding day. And I was like, fuck bad luck. This is a sure thing. But the problem was, I ended up marrying someone who was excited to have a wife, but not ready to be a husband. After we got married, his business slowed down. And he wanted to prove to himself and everyone else around us that he was still the same hard partying porn producer that I'd originally met. Meanwhile, he was trying to start a mainstream business, which meant I was paying most of the bills. I worked the most over the weekends on my bridal hair and makeup business. And of course, that's when he was partying. Some nights I'd ask him to call me when the club closed to make sure that I was awake for work. At first, he'd go out and I'd be waiting for him to come home. Like, are we going to be having dinner together tonight? Eventually, I learned we were definitely not going to be having dinner together. So I stopped expecting him to come home. All I asked for was that he text me when he knew where he would be sleeping. Yeah, it was pretty much the bare minimum. Usually, he would sleep at his parents' house or in his car. This was a very hard time for me. My self-esteem took a deep, deep plunge. Not only was I feeling lonely, unloved, unseen, and unsexy, I was turning to food on those lonely nights for comfort. 
food was always there for me. I mean, I was working such long hours, coming home sore, tired, mentally drained, but with no one to hold me, no one to unwind with, no one to laugh with. And eventually I got so comfortable being alone, I started to prefer when he didn't come home. And that's a very dangerous place to be. My self-esteem had taken a massive blow. He didn't seem to care or want me. And all I was doing was sitting around waiting for him. I can admit it. I'd become pathetic. Just imagine what that felt like. Knowing that he would rather drink more and sleep in his car in the dead of winter than maybe nurse just a couple of beers and be able to come home to me in a nice, warm bed. It hurt me knowing that his friends were out because they were trying to find girls, but he had a woman in his bed waiting for him, but he stayed out drinking instead. There's a poem that I wrote that perfectly describes exactly how I felt back then. It goes like this. Shots at the bar till your vision fades. You party because it's Friday, but Friday comes every seven days. The club's full of jokers. You said I was your ace. I never imagined I'd be jealous of a place. Stay till it closes bright lights and sweaty face. Don't worry about me, baby. I'll just lie here and wait. Honestly, I planned my whole life around him. If a friend asked me out to lunch, I'd say, I'll have to find out if ours is going to be home and then I'll let you know. But he was always gone. So I didn't want to miss my opportunity in the event that maybe, just maybe, we could eat a meal together. People told me all the time that I should be careful. Maybe he might cheat on me. But I trusted him and the vows we made to each other. I defended him to everyone. And I told myself he loves me. He's loyal. It's just that unfortunately, partying is a bigger priority. I didn't want to fight when we finally were together. So no matter how much it hurt me that I was always alone, I kept how I felt to myself. He made a special point of always saying he had a cool wife who let him do what he wanted. But I was starting to feel like there weren't many benefits to being the cool wife. Some nights I'd get so upset and distraught over being alone that I'd throw temper tantrums by myself in my room, crying, throwing my pillows around, screaming, why? What was I supposed to do? I felt so unloved. And when I told him I wanted us to spend more time together, he said, and here I thought you were low maintenance. Low maintenance? Was that the goal here? He had this car that he obsessed over. It was a Mustang Cobra with Lamborghini doors, a specialty paint job, little TV screens in the backs of the seats. It was, you know, one of those Pimp My Rides cars. He would polish it, clean it. He kept the scent perfect on the inside. Everything was pristine. That car was high maintenance. So what was I? Because I felt like I was a rundown, rusty jalopy with torn upholstery, bad brakes, and black smoke coming out of the exhaust pipe. He was giving me the lowest maintenance. His mom warned me that I shouldn't be letting him go to the clubs all the time. He might cheat on you, she said. And I said, I'm not his mom and I trust him. Deep down inside, I wanted her to tell him that he should stay home from the clubs. I didn't think it should be my job. Of course, I wanted to tell him, but I wanted a man who wanted to spend time with me, not someone I strapped to the couch while he resented me all night long because of his extreme case of FOMO. Anyways, eventually I'd gained so much weight 
I barely recognized myself anymore. And that's when I had a conversation with my best friend, Elsa. She said, Jaina, you might want to lose weight so that you can be the best version of yourself, whether this relationship works out or not. So I decided I would give myself till January. I hired a personal trainer. I trained like crazy. I watched what I ate. I lost hella weight and did a sexy photo shoot to try and get his attention. I sent him some of the pictures that I was very proud of. I mean, I had made a giant transformation and I could not wait to hear what he would say. Most of all, I wanted him to see me as sexually attractive because we had not been having sex at all. And as someone who was feeling super undesirable, it broke my heart when he saw the photos and said, Cute. I posted some online and one of his friends commented, Damn, I hope R knows what he has. I read that message about 20 times and I realized, I don't think he does. So... At one point, I had to go to Mexico to do a destination wedding. Actually, I was going to the Dominican Republic first to do one wedding. Then I was flying from there to Mexico. My parents were going to meet me in Mexico and I was going to be working. So in Dominican Republic, I had a lot of alone time. So I sat down and I wrote the most heartfelt letter that I could to him. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't judgmental. I wanted to know that it came from a place of love. All I wanted to say was, I love you. I want this relationship to be the best that it can, but there's something missing here and I don't know what it is. I'm not sure why you don't want to spend time with me. I've lost this weight. I've done everything that I can. What can I do? I don't even care if you're sleeping with someone else. I just want to know how we can fix this so we can have the best marriage possible because I'd already been married before and I did not want to be divorced twice. So what I did was I wrote the letter, I saved it until I got to Mexico where my parents were. I read it to them and I said, does this sound like it's coming from a good place? Does it sound judgmental? Does it sound like it's something he could get defensive over? Because I just wanted him to hear it, absorb it, and want to be on the same team as me. My mom said, Jaina, I think this was beautifully written and I really think you should send it. So I did. Four days went by and I never got a response from him. When I finally did... It seemed like he wasn't really listening at all. All he said was, so are we going to have kids or not? And I was like, wow, he really missed the point. Well, on our last night, I wanted to go out for dinner with my mom and dad. And they said, no, Jaina, your relationship is in shambles right now. This is not the time for us to be celebrating or having any kind of a good dinner. And I said, mom, dad, nothing we can do here right now is going to change the status of my relationship. Let's just enjoy our night together. So we had a beautiful dinner and I just kind of tried to push it out of my mind and enjoy the presence of my parents. We all flew home. And when I got to my place, he had packed his bags. He was gone. The first time I ever said how I really felt about anything, I ended up alone. I was shocked. Two weeks went by and I never heard from him. Finally, he called me. He goes, So, do you miss me? Well, he had very interesting timing because when we were together, I had a cervical cancer scare. I had to go to the doctor to get a biopsy done and I asked him to come with me, but he said that he had to work. I was always very understanding of his work schedule, so I went alone. But when I came back, he was still on the couch watching a Tom Cruise movie marathon. I went through this terrifying experience all alone so that he could watch Tom Cruise. Well, when he called to check up on me that day to ask if I missed him, strangely enough, I was on my way back to the doctor to get the results. 
alone again. So I realized in that moment that whether we were together or not, I was alone. So I decided to answer honestly. I said, I wish I could tell you that I miss eating dinner with you, but we never ate together. I wish I could say I missed you in my bed, but I slept by myself two to five nights a week. I would love to say that I miss you, but unfortunately, you've made it very easy for me not to. Honestly, the only reason I could even tell that he was gone at all was that his cologne wasn't lingering anymore and I was taking the garbage out by myself. A couple of days later, I got a message from my sister. She goes, oh my God, did you see what he posted about you on Facebook? I checked it out. He said, my heart has been lied to, cheated on, beat up and bruised, but I can still love. It turned out that this man had decided to tell all of her friends and family that he left me because I cheated on him. I didn't cheat on him. I was trying to fight for our relationship. I absolutely should have cheated on him. I mean, I was lonely as fuck. I swear there were cobwebs growing down there. Him and I weren't having sex at all. I was lonely. I needed affection. I needed attention and I was not getting it. But I was loyal, fiercely loyal. Over the next couple of months, I'd go to message random friends of mine and see that they'd blocked me or unfriended me or unfollowed me. And at one point, one of his family members said, so the family hates you now. They'd been my family for seven years. Nobody bothered to reach out to ask me if what he had said was true or even if I was okay. I didn't bother explaining myself because I live by the motto, Never explain yourself to anyone. The people who love you don't need it, and the ones who don't, won't believe you anyways. After about a year or so, we met up because I had some of his stuff, and he apologized for lying to everyone, but he never set the record straight with them. To this day, lots of them still think we're not together because I cheated. So anyways, that ended like seven or eight years ago. Since then, I've had so many more struggles. For a second there, I almost thought maybe I forgot to forward one of those emails, you know, where they say forward this or you'll get seven years of bad luck because it really felt that way. Between the D heartbreak, the lost pregnancies, I was bullied by an entire community, yada, yada, yada. Oh my gosh, it was just horrible. But each struggle, I learned more about who I was and what I was able to handle. I got stronger, but more importantly, I got much smarter. I've been on kind of a bit of a healing journey, and now I can say that I'm mostly healed. Get to the point, Jaina. Where's the fun stuff? What is it that the podcast dragged in? Am I right? Jeez. So to be honest with you, I knew when I started this show that I'd be setting myself up for surprises. I fully believe in something called spiritual warfare, that there's like, you know, a battle of good and evil going on behind the scenes in our everyday life. So I believe that as soon as we stand up in our light and try to live up to our full potential, possibly helping others, we end up with a target on our backs. Darkness wants to take us down. And the more potential we have for doing good the bigger that target. So here I am standing on my soapbox, screaming into this microphone that I've healed and I'm ready to help others. And the devil definitely heard me. He responded with, hold my beer. So what happened? Well, after releasing last Wednesday's episode all about what happened at my wedding, that wild and crazy fiasco, I received a DM over Instagram. There was this woman who reached out to me to say that her friend told her to listen to my show. Cute, right? (laughs) 
So she started with episode one. She listened as I described a little bit about this second marriage and what I went through. She heard me say that my ex was a porn producer who partied all the time. Blah, 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 blah. She said that she heard me say that I didn't care if he was sleeping with someone else or anything. I just wanted us to be better. And that's when it hit her. She had been sleeping with my husband. Not only that, she'd met me before. Apparently, the two of them were having a fling until she saw us in the grocery store shopping together for, you know, I don't know what, snacks for movie night. And he introduced me to her as his wife. Well, she didn't know he had a girlfriend, let alone a wife. So she was obviously furious and supposedly never called him again. I actually remember meeting her in that grocery store. Reading her message felt like a punch to the gut. This is disgusting. So that means that one night I'm at the grocery store picking up shredded cheese for taco night, thinking I'm bumping into some random acquaintance of his, having no idea that they'd been fucking. Ew. But I played it off as cool. So I asked her, oh my gosh, that's wild. Are you sure it happened when we were married? When would you guys meet up? Like totally random, totally cool. I'm so fine with this. You didn't phase me at all. (laughs) And she said, I'm really sorry. We used to get together late at night after the nightclubs. He'd come over to my place. I really wish I would have told you back then in the grocery store, but I was so shook at that time and I figured you'd be mad at me. I don't know what in the world I would have to be mad at her for. He was the piece of shit who was cheating on me. He was cheating on me? I I defended him to everyone. It was almost like my mind and spirit warped back in time. It put me back in the shoes, those flip-flops that the pathetic version of me was wearing at the time. That sad, sad feeling like I'd been ignored and neglected and cheated on. Ew. So of course I called my girlfriend's I called my sister, I called my best friend, I called my mom, and I started talking to everybody. I was pacing around the house, going over this story with them, and we were all in disbelief. You know how normally your friends are the ones who were suspicious, but none of us thought anything like that. We never expected this from him. We were all alone. I was feeling gross and definitely sorry for myself. But on one of my walks from the bedroom to my kitchen, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror. And I saw myself standing taller, more confident more successful, happier. And I said, oh, Oh, hell no. The devil is not going to break me today. The darkness is not bringing me down. I am not crying one more tear over this dusty ass because I am not the pathetic person I used to be. He left me fluffy and in flip-flops, but I was standing tall in Valentino's and a crop top. Bitch, not today. So you know what I did? I got off the phone with my friends and I quickly went to Facebook. I found a picture of the other woman and I took a screenshot. In the middle of his day, while he's in the middle, who knows what he's doing, probably scratching his balls, playing video games, who knows, he gets a picture of her sent to him from his ex-wife. I said, thumbs up, cool, cool. I didn't really know what else to say. I'm not good at this. What can I say? And immediately he said, huh? And I said, there's no reason pretending you don't know what I'm talking about. There's nothing to save here anymore. And then he left me on red. Well, I had a bit of work to do, so I'd left my phone. I wasn't really thinking about it. But when I was done work, I saw that he still hadn't answered. And I thought, no, I'm I'm not okay with this. I've been disrespected enough by this person before, and it's time for me to show him that I am not the same bitch he was messing with before. So I went to Facebook, and I decided that I was going to put up a post. And what did the post say? <laughs> it said, 
If anyone else would like to come forward and let me know that they were fucking my husband when I was with him, can you please do it now? Because I'm trying to finish writing this podcast episode. Thank you, LOL. (laughs) I was just about to click post when my phone rang. It was my mom. Oh no, I thought I was about to get into trouble. I said, oh, hey mom, you just about stopped me from putting a pretty bold Facebook post up. And she said, Oh gosh, what were you going to say? Of course, she knew the drama, right? She knew what I had found out. So I read her the post and she said, (laughs) Shayna, that's kind of evil, but also really badass. That was all I needed to hear. Mama said, knock you out. Right? It's like, you know what? If my mom says this is okay, then I got this. So you know what I did? I doubled down. I tagged him in the post and I hit post. Boop. And I only had to wait 15 seconds before I got a text message. Oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? I said, oh, your phone works. He said, yes, I'm just on the island working right now. I said, well, you have cell reception there, right? Phones still work on the island? Yes, they do. Perfect. Then read this. And I sent him the screenshot of the conversation that I'd had with the other woman. And again, he left me on red. I said, listen, you're going to have to respond to me. I at least want the respect of a response. And I'm not taking my post down until you respond properly. I'm just trying to get some work done, Jaina. And it's really hard for me to focus with everybody blowing up my phone because of this post you put up. Ask me how much sympathy I have for you right now. Clearly not very much. Exactly. Okay, fine. Just let me finish work and I'll message you later tonight. Perfect. So I waited. I never got a text later at night. Surprise, surprise. I actually never got a text in the morning either. So I decided, all right. I guess I got to do a little bit more. So I took the conversation that I'd had with her and I posted it on his wall with a caption that said, if he'll scam his wife and his business partners, he'll scam you too. Zero stars would not recommend. And then I hit post. Boop. My phone rang within about 20 seconds. Oh my God. What are you doing? I would never expect this from you of all people. And I said, buddy, You don't know me anymore. And he didn't. Tim, my fabulous editor, saw these posts that I had been putting up on Facebook, as did everybody else. And he sent me a DM. He goes, oh my gosh, Jaina, do you really just put this on Facebook? Yep. Introducing No Fucks Jaina. And he said, I kind of love No Fucks Jaina. (laughs) And I kind of do too, to be honest with you. There's the second half of that poem that I wrote after R and I split up. And it goes like this. Tan line faded where the ring used to be. Feeling so forgotten, I'd been down on my knees. I begged for so long to be your priority. But now, my confidence has risen like the sun through the trees. I'm so done asking, so I've set this love free. Don't worry about it, baby. I'm spending time with me. Sure, when I first heard that message from that girl, I had a minute, you know, I caught myself slipping. I was feeling sorry for myself, actually. I found myself asking, can I really not trust anyone? Why has love done me so dirty? I look like such a fool. But then on the flip side of that, there's a saying that I heard one time. A man's rejection is God's protection. And I don't know if you heard my D story, but this was just further confirmation that the universe has my back. It has been seven or eight years and I literally just found out. 
I, you know, to be honest with you, when I look back, I did feel sorry for myself for the fact that he left and my marriage ended and I was divorced twice and whatever. But the truth is, we don't know all the conversations that happen when we aren't in the room. I never knew the full story until this week. So I could have felt sorry for myself, right? But really, I just learned that I've always been blessed and I didn't even know it. Was it messy that I aired out our dirty laundry in public? Sure. Do I care? Absolutely not. Taking a stand against how I've been treated in the past means so much more to me than what anyone else thinks about my life or past relationships. Afterwards, I didn't regret it at all. In fact, today, I don't regret it at all because I sent a message to myself that I was stronger and more confident. And I also sent a message to the darkness. I said, not today, Satan. This bitch is unfuckwithable. I've already seen the bottom, so I know there's nothing to fear. Are you ready to spend some time with the no fucks version of you? Maybe it's time to get a spray tan, buy something you like wearing, something that makes you feel fierce as fuck. Take a drive with the windows down, blast some Lizzo or something. Get to know that version of you a little. Maybe this week you could have the courage to say that thing you've always needed to say. Stand up for yourself. Be bold. Be focused. Be strong. Oh. And if you're listening to this podcast and thinking to yourself, oh my God, I think I slept with her husband too. Well then, for you, I'd like to quote an old school country music icon by the name of Travis Tritt. He said, here's a quarter, call someone who cares. Honey, I really don't need to know. And also, my condolences. Do you know someone with a badass inside of them just waiting to get out? If so, can you please share this episode with them? I know it's an important message. And I heard that every time you share this podcast, a cheater gets a mysterious rash. It's true. Don't forget to subscribe and follow. And most importantly, be sure to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Close, that's why I'm yelling, damn, Jane.